Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguars show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. It's Tell the Truth, week four postgame edition. We're dissecting Jacksonville's win against the Falcons at Wembley Stadium. The Jags dominating defense. Trevor Lawrence staying steady. Calvin Ridley scoring a TD versus his former team and more. Let's get to it. The Jaguars won 23-7 over Atlanta in London, England. Jacks ended a two-game losing streak to improve to 2-2 two and two through four games. It was a team effort. What stood out to you about the Jags' dub, Clay? Just a defense, man. I thought they did a good job. They obviously in- intercepted Desmond Ritter twice, which I thought were two big plays. Should have been three. I mean, they should have got a third interception there. But overall, I thought it was a good team victory. Trevor Lawrence looked good. There were still not clicking 100% on the offensive side of the ball. I thought there was some meat left on the bones there. They did do a defensive touchdown. The field goal unit special teams looked much better. So overall, I thought this was an improvement. It wasn't a signature win. It wasn't anything crazy that we're going to write home about, tell our moms or whatever, you know. But they got the job done. They beat a solid team. And now they got to stay out in London and prepare for the Buffalo Bills. Doug Peterson said he noticed a different energy and a better energy around his team on the sidelines and in the game. Did you see the same thing? Yeah, definitely. It felt different. It felt like this game, they kind of knew they were going to win, you know, coming coming off a big loss like they had last week, uh, a division loss. You never know how a team's going to react. The great teams can come back, bounce back from that, and make sure that the one loss – you know, doesn't spiral on you, turn into something bigger. And, and the fact that it was a division loss to a rookie quarterback, a lot of people's down on them, people, you know, changing up their tune. They're, they're getting all these big, big names coming out and say they think the Jaguars are a contender, and then they come out and they don't start so hot. So for them to come back to, to get this W in London, you know, there's some adversity there. And to, and to really shut down this offense – Obviously, the, 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 the Falcons' defense is much better than the offense, but to shut down this offense the way they, they did coming into a week when that defense is, is going to have to have a big game against Jet Josh Allen because we know the kind of player he is, is huge for this team. The victory over the Falcons, if you can believe it or not, snapped the Jaguars' six-game October losing streak that dated back to 2021 when the Jags beat Miami in London. So can that be a confidence builder for this team, considering they went winless in October a year ago? Absolutely. I think it can be a confidence booster. The Jag getting their first win in London, or first win in October in six games. Wow, that's that's pretty incredible stat right there. I mean, the, it's an important part of the season. That just goes to show you that typically the Jaguars are a slow-starting team. So this should build some confidence. You're going to need it because you got some tough opponents coming up. You got the Bills, you got the Bengals, you got the the, the Browns at the Browns is playing good this year. I mean, you got some tough opponents. The schedule is not going to do you any favors. And coming into the Bills next week, important game. So this is great to get on a little roll here. Offense scored some points, but mostly for the defense. You wanted to see them step up after allowing a lot of yards, a lot of plays, blown coverages to a young rookie quarterback last week you wanted to see him bounce back and they did football is back and bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats news scores and matchup breakdowns get the latest game odds spreads and totals from the nfl and college football at your fingertips with bet online's real-time updates on statistics news 
and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is where the game starts. You mentioned the defense there, Clay. The Jags were dominant, led by Josh Allen, three sacks, a forced fumble. Darius Williams had a pick six. Why was Jacksonville so strong on D on Sunday? I think it's a it's a number of things, but you got to see some pass rush there from that from that front four, which is something they they really didn't have. And I think some of it has to do with your you know you're playing a quarterback that's inexperienced. I know we did that last week, and he got the better of us. But a quarterback that's inexperienced and the offense that that really just hasn't been clicking. But the, the, the hats off to the Jags. Any given Sunday. Any team can make plays, and the Jaguars came out and they made plays. You love to see the interceptions. Obviously, they should have had three there. Could have, could have really blown the game open and made this one not even close. I mean, 23-7 isn't, isn't that close, but it, it should have been even further than what it was. But I like to see them getting some pressure up front. Josh Allen, I still think Trayvon Walker's got to do more. If you're the number one pick in the draft, to me – you got to show me more. You, you, you got to play like you're the number one pick in the draft. I don't think he's done that. But once we watch the all 22, I think we'll have a better feel for what exactly the Jaguars did. But from my perspective, it looked like the pass rush did a much better job this week of making Desmond Ritter uncomfortable. And when that happened, he, he really couldn't get the ball to his playmakers. And I think the run defense has got to improve. Bajon Robinson looked great. The guy had 13 carries over 100 yards. He was tough to stop, and, and he had another four catches for 30-plus yards. But, you know, I think this was a good game for the, for the Jaguars to really build off of and, and moving forward in this season, especially with the, the schedule about to get as hard as it is. Andres, Andre Sisco, excuse me, had a second interception of the season. How good has he been to start the year for the Jags? Oh, Cisco's Cisco's been great. He's, I mean, he's to me, he's one of the, you know, he's a top ten safety, top fifteen safety in this in this league. And you know, looking at the the grades, Pro Football Focus graded him a top ten safety last year. Very underrated guy. He's a guy that if you don't know who he is, you better find out quick because he's here to stay. He's a guy that plays hard. He's physical, plays in the run game, plays in the pass game. He's the type of guy you want on your team. And you don't want to play against. And he always seems to come up with a nice play, some big play once you know once a game. Nice pick by him. But the, the thing I like most about him is he's physical. He can play in both factors of the game, in the run game and the pass game for a safety. That's very important. Trevor Lawrence took a lot of hits, but fought through it and flashed his elite abilities, particularly on that TD toss to Calvin Ridley. Are you concerned though about the Jaguars' offensive line? Let him get hit so much. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the Jaguars' offensive line, but uh, you know Anton Harrison's a rookie, and he's about to take a back seat when Cam Robinson gets back. I think you move Cam over to left, you move Walker a little back to right tackle, and and that really fills a hole there. Give Anton Harrison some time to learn. I think besides that, you know the, the line could improve, but it's going to be a little bit better because one position means so much there. And Cam Robinson is an elite, but he's good. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. And Trevor did what he could with what he had. I mean, he was he was 20 of 30 with 207 yards, a touchdown, uh, 105.8 rating, and uh, he did take two sacks. But also on the ground, he had he had eight carries for 42 yards, with showing his legs. So to me, this was 
a very nice game by Trevor Lawrence. He was under pressure. He's under duress, but he's, he showed his pocket elusiveness. He showed his pocket awareness, stepping up on that touchdown throw to Calvin Ridley, stepping up on a couple of those throws to Christian Kirk, just avoiding rushes, and then in opportune moments, using his legs. I mean, this guy's six foot six, you know, 225 pounds. Like, that's a tall dude. And for him to be able to risk his body and run out that pocket and, and to get those first downs, that's impressive. That's the type of quarterback that you want to play with. So he showed me something there in the run game, moving and, and then getting the ball to Christian Kirk. You saw that after Calvin Ridley had all those drops last week. They really stopped majoring in Calvin Ridley and started majoring in Christian Kirk. And I think that's what they need to do. Let Calvin Ridley build up his confidence. Let Calvin Ridley come back at his own speed instead of trying to force the ball to him. Make him earn the, 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 the catches, the routes. The, you know, being the number one guy on the progression. Make him earn that. Don't come in trying to force it. We had a good thing going last year. I think he he will get there, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time. You can't – you got to make sure you don't force it if you're Doug Peterson and Press Taylor. You mentioned Kirk there. He led the team with 12 targets, eight catches for 84 yards, had that key fourth down conversion that led to that Ridley TD. Do you think that Ridley versus A.J. Terrell matchup lived up to the hype? I, I mean, it, it was a it was a good matchup, but you know, Ridley didn't do much besides the one blown coverage, and I'm gonna have to watch all 22 to really see what happened. But I think Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram stepped up big. Evan Ingram isn't the greatest route runner per se, but he is great with the ball in his hands after the catch. And then Cal, and then excuse me, Christian Kirk is one of the best, most detailed route runners in the game. Yeah, he runs four four forty, but where he sets himself apart is how diligent he is in his routes, in his eyes. He's he's looking downfield. He, nobody knows what he's going to do. His quarterback, I'm surprised he knows what he's going to do. That's how good he is at selling his routes. I mean, I'm almost buying, you know, as the offensive coordinator, probably like, man, Christian just ran the wrong route. No, he's just selling these routes so good. He's such a strong route runner that he just continues to produce. This is a guy that everybody thought the Jaguars overpaid for him, but somehow – he keeps producing, and he's going to keep producing. You bring in Calvin Ridley once again, last couple games, who's their biggest threat? Who's getting the targets? Who's making the plays? Christian Kirk, man, and and my hat's off to him coming in. You know, maybe people saying he's number two, number three, now that you got Calvin Ridley, but he's showing up, and he's showing that he is a, a top receiver and can be a number one guy. You know, eight catches today, 84 yards, big day for him, had that big 30-yard catch. So I'd love to see this from Christian Kirk. Lawrence noted that he feels like third down conversions are still a problem. The Jags go 5 of 14, 35.7% on the day. That's actually their highest percentage in a single game on the season. Lawrence also did say that it still wasn't all that clean on offense. So how much more room is there here for the Jags offense to grow? I think there's a lot of room. There's a lot of meat on the bone here. And, you know, once we fix this offensive line, you get Cam Robinson back. They're going to keep getting better. You keep bringing on Calvin Ridley. You get Zay Jones back, who's, you know, obviously people are like, oh, it's Zay Jones. He was actually a big piece. He can go slot. He can run inside. He can run outside. He's, he was a guy that, that Trevor loved to target on those third downs. Sure-handed guy and getting Zay Jones back will make a difference. Obviously, with Cam Robinson getting him back, that will make a difference. These are two quality starters the Jaguars are still playing without. You get those guys back, you get some of these young guys some more 
some, some more experience. I think this Jaguar ceiling is very high. Once they start rolling, get on a roll, and I think today could be that game. It wasn't pretty. You know, it was still messy, but they got the W and they made, made some big plays. I think this could be the start of when the Jaguar, Jaguars really turn it on this season. How would you assess Press Taylor's offensive play calling on Sunday? There were some clips of him in the booth and showing a little bit of frustration at times, but what did you think of it? I'm still not 100% sold on Press. I like Press Taylor. You know, he was he was with the uh, the Eagles when I was there. You know, obviously Doug was with the Eagles when I was there as well, but I think, you know, Doug seems to me runs a more fluid game when he's calling the plays. I think Press can improve. I think it's his first time doing this. He's been the offensive coordinator before, but he wasn't calling the play. So I think that he's got some improving to do, mix some things up, you know, keep the defense off balance. He's a smart guy, but I think he's he's got some learning to do, just like some of these young players. He's got to figure it out, figure out the flow of the game, what works best with this team. And obviously missing Jay, Jay, Zay Jones and Cam Robinson doesn't help things. So once he gets everybody back, and gets a real feel for this offense. You know, you got you had some drops last week. You know, this week everything wasn't perfect. I think he'll start to improve when this offense starts to make more plays too. You've been an advocate of Doug Peterson taking back over the play calling. What's it like for an offense and Trevor Lawrence and all the guys in there when you have a different guy calling the plays after there seemed to be such a great flow in the second half with Peterson in the offense last season? Yeah, it, it definitely changes things because – you know, that it's mostly for Trevor because he's the guy actually taking the play, but, you know, maybe press is a little bit slower. You know, Trevor thinks this play's coming. You get a feel for the, the play caller. You're kind of aware of what you think might be coming here. Something different happens. So it, it does make a difference. And then obviously, you know, situationally, Doug Peterson's a guy that has just done it so long that he knows, you know, everything that, that every scenario. And I think press Taylor is still learning. So hopefully he can kind of learn on the fly here and keep improving and get this offense to where it needs to be because I don't expect this defense to hold the Buffalo Bills to seven points next week like they did the Atlanta Falcons. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs ain't going to only score seven points. You know They got a great team coming in, so you got to make sure that you put some points on the scoreboard next week. And obviously the defense scored this week. You had some opportunistic turnovers, but you're going to have to drive against a team and put up some points on the board if you want a chance of beating a team like the Buffalo Bills. The Jags played their 10th game in London on Sunday, improving their record to 5-5 five and five over there. And you mentioned the Bills. Buffalo's actually going into the hotel that the Jaguars spent this weekend in and overtaking it. The Jags have to move. But, Clay, I'm curious, how would you approach – the time in London as a player? Would you get out and try to enjoy some of those sites? Would you stay shut in and focused on football? What would be your approach and what should the Jaguars approach be? Oh, they're going to be causing some trouble in London tonight, man. Hide your wife, hide your kids. <laughs> the Jags are going to be out after the win. They're staying there all week. You know, they're going to have some free time. So this is a time right now. They got to make sure they keep it tight. You go out to dinner, maybe you have a couple drinks, but you know, make sure you stay focused because you're out there on a business trip. I played in London three times with the Jaguars. I tried, made the trip, played in Wembley Stadium three times with the Jaguars in London for three times, three trips. So I've been to London, played in Wembley, done that whole thing. I played. We stayed the whole week at the Grove, the practice facility. The Jaguars are. It's the same facility they've they've used before. It was it's really cool. It looks like Hogwarts. 
it's just like this crazy facility. Everybody stays on site. You got the fields there, everything. The meeting rooms are there. And now you're going to have to move. So that's a little bit adverse. You got to overcome there. Like logistically, hats off to the Jaguars. For the players, the players' perspective, we don't see like much of what goes into it. We basically just pack our bags, get on a bus, and they take us where they want to go. But this week, right now, they're going to have some free time. I remember when I was in Jacksonville, a lot of the guys, when we got out to London, they weren't that focused. They went out. They had drinks. I go, man, we're going to get our asses kicked because these guys, a lot of these guys are, you know, we're in London. They want to go see. I was shut in the room, Justin. And don't don't say I was, was doing anything different. No, I was. I was shut in. I was studying. I was getting my work in. But a lot of guys went out, you know, wanted to experience London. You got to make sure with a young team that the guys focus and know what they're there to do. Don't get caught up in being in a different country, exploring new things, you know, going out for drinks in a different country. You got to focus on the game. And that's something that's going to be important to see if the Jaguars can do that. What was the time change like for you to deal with when you played over there? Yeah, it was definitely interesting. It was, uh, you know, the first year, the first year we went, we went there and we stayed the, the whole week. And then the next time we went, we only went like a couple days ahead of time. So it was something that takes some getting used to. But we we left right after a game on Sunday. We went straight to the airport, flew to London. We all slept on the way over there. We got there. We had a walk through practice, a little workout to get our blood flowing. And then for us, it was it was pretty good. It was, they, they did a good job of of getting us kind of in that time constraint to where it was so structured and regimented that we really got on track and it didn't help because the first two years we lost, we finally got a win by last year out in London, but first two were tough, but uh, you know, we didn't come out with the win, but I felt like logistically it was good. Can you pull the curtain back and maybe give us a story that you haven't told before about your favorite moment or moments or things that happened while you were over in London? In London, um, with uh, the Gus Bradley era, the, the first year that we were there, we stayed the whole week, and then we stayed the day after the game. So we went out there. We played the Dallas Cowboys. No, we played the uh, we played the Cowboys my second year. We played the 49ers, and we got our tails kicked. And all the guys – I didn't go out. All the guys went out after the game. We went out to a club, drinking party, and whatever. we're leaving the next day. I stayed home. But what happened was – um, two of our players ended up getting into a fight with a bunch. They got jumped by a bunch of guys in London, like 15, 20 guys jumped two or three of our players. The whole team was out at the club. And apparently some guy, one guy, one teammate maybe left with someone, dude from London's girlfriend or something like that is what happened. They came back with a bunch of boys and they beat the crazy like Rocky Balboa in the 15th round faces black and blue these guys were really jacked up the bye week was the next week but after that never seen Gus Bradley get so angry in my life when he was talking to the team and how embarrassed he was for the guys going out the guys getting jumped and just everything that happened there then the next year instead of staying out there all week we only went out there for like three days and then we flew back right after the game and that was because of what happened the year before the following year we went back to the old way but we wanted to pull back the curtain. It doesn't get any more pulled back than that. A couple Jaguars players got jumped by a bunch of Englishmen in London because they were out after the game. Bad things happen when you do that. So stay inside, study, get your work in, and focus on football, guys. 
Great words of advice, my man. And that is a very unique story. I'll get you out on this, Clay, because I'm curious from your players' perspective, what is the fandom like over in the UK and London for the NFL? Oh, it's great. I remember the first time out there, I, I couldn't believe it. They, they thought we were the Beatles. They had never seen, you know, Jaguars <laughs> the only team going out there. Now there's a lot of games out there, but they're like hitting the, the, the bus. You know, we have a pep rally. There's like 50,000 people out there. I mean, it's like, wow, dude, in like Jacksonville, nobody cares who we are. It was back when we were losing a lot. But, you know, in London, man, they were treating us like we were rock stars. It was cool. There's a lot of people. They show up. They have energy. Love playing there. Clay's bringing the energy today, man. That is some great stuff. Make sure you keep it locked to the Believe in Jaguars show for the Jaguars-Bills matchup look ahead. And this podcast, of course, is brought to you by BetOnline.com. Thanks for sticking with us. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.